Hey, all you cool cats and commies. I'm Caleb. I'm Zach. And this is In The Mood. Your working class podcast. All right, all right, all right. We are back from our slight little hiatus. It was the time to just refresh. Decompress. Decompress. You know, recharge the old batteries and get ready to go. Now we're juiced up. We are juiced up and ready to go. So strap onto your seats and get ready for a... A good stern talking to. We're gonna have it, and we're gonna have. It's gonna be all over the place, and it's gonna be great because we have so many different topics to cover. And we you haven't know what? had. We a also good... don't give a fuck about the comments a little bit. Some yeah, I know we are ready for these comments too. Like, be yep. prepared. But you know what? I think that I'm gonna have more Republicans agree with me in this episode than ever before because I'm just gonna lay into Joe Biden. So it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. So all you Republicans, don't send me any MAGA gear, but. I'm looking forward to hearing about this. They, but They need to send you a Mitt Romney shirt. <laughs> Mitt Romney. Are they going to boo me like they booed Mitt Romney? Or you need to, you know, you need, they need to make a meme out of the, uh, that photo of Ted Cruz dozing off during Joe Biden's, uh, mm-hmm. I would say that <laughs> I'd go, uh, learn how to party with Matt Gates, but, uh, you know, that's going a little bit too far. Uh, Matt Gates, like what, what, oh my God, I don't even know where to begin with Matt Gates. Like. But, I mean, that's just the epitome of, like, literally, I just need to have something laid on my heart already. Matt Gates is the epitome of that stereotypical spoon-in-the-mouth douchebag. I'm sorry. Like, he is. I mean, look at him. He's got the swooped hair. He looks like one of those fraternity guys that just, uh, you know, at your certain southern college, Alabama, uh, with the ch- the white chino shorts, the pastel color shirt. And your New Balances. And your New Balances, with, yes, ni- new- with your Nike socks. Yes. like And uh, your parents paid for your whole college education. Exactly. And now... And still give you money on the side. Right. And he's... Now, look at what's happening with him. Like, it's just... But all I have to say, the chickens are coming home to roost, Bobby. But anyway, I just have a story I have to share. So we've had our, um, our little hiatus. And it was at Publix. The Publix over by my house. I went to go get groceries and I had to get my medicine filled. So I go in and, you know, they tell me, oh, you're going to have to wait a minute. We, you know, we're a little bit behind and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. So I had to go to the bathroom and wash my hands. So I wanted to go wash my hands because, you know, COVID still a thing, regardless of what people in Alabama think. Um, it's still a thing. So I want to, you know, I'm in a grocery store too. Like there's so many people that have been there. So I go to wash my hands. And as I'm washing my hands, I start hearing this large person bust through the door. And you know, you hear people like, like breathing, like really like a rhino almost. And he bust up through the door. And I'm just like looking down, trying to wash my hands still. And I kind of like look in the mirror, watching the door open. And this guy busts through the door and croc flip flops, not new ones, but actually like flip flops, crocs, you know, like. 2008 um cargo shorts and he is making a beeline for the toilet i bet his stomach just like when i say a beeline for the toilet (laughs) (laughs) he is he is he's sweating like pouring sweat he's breathing hard he's got on a tank top one of those um under armor tank tops and cargo shorts and he he's He's a larger man. Hefty. Like, when I say larger, like he had to turn sideways to get through the door. And he is making a beeline for that stall. 
He lowers his shoulder slash head and just knocks open the door and like because it's all connected into one <laughs> it's all just one like potato <laughs> it's like a potato and i'm and i'm sitting there and i'm like okay i need to leave so i'm drying my hands and i'm like you know it's like all happening in slow motion like i'm trying to get out the door trying to get out the door and it's like i just hear <sighs> like that i'm sorry for everybody listening that was probably really loud but he is like moaning as he sits down and it's like, when you see him sit down, his legs flop out from outside the stall. You know, the stall doesn't go to the ground. So you just see two crock flip-flops pointing out <laughs> of each side. He's sitting down, and you just hear the most ungodly sound ever. Just... And it's like, the smell of death is following me as I'm leaving. But it gets better. It gets better. That's I'm not even halfway there. It gets better. He then proceeds to just moan as I'm leaving. So I think I'm good. I'm going out the door, and I think I'm squared away. I think everything is right. He probably had the puffiest nipples, too. Probably those were cutting his shirt. They were yeah. just so puffy. Yeah, you see him <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> just bleeding. I mean, they're just cutting through that fabric because they've been rubbing all day, but chafing all day. And I leave out, and as I'm leaving out, I see this little old lady coming straight towards me. And she's like, you know, just hobbling up like two steps at a time. Her mask is below her nose. Those type people with the mask below her nose. And I'm like, hi. And she, cause she's like, just stands right in front of me. She's like, do you just come out of the bathroom? And I turn back around and I'm like, well, no shit. I want to be out with no shit. But I said, yes, yes, I did. I said, I don't suggest you going in there. She goes, oh no, oh no. Gil probably just did not. His, his blood sugar's been acting up today. Gil's blood sugar. And I said, well, I feel sorry for Gil. 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 Of, of all names, of course, Gil. Hmm. And I'm sitting at her. You know, his real name is Gilbert. Probably, or, or Gilly. Gilly. But <laughs> that's his sassy name. But um, so I'm walking up, out, and I'm like, well, uh, good luck to Gil. I'm like, well, I'm, yeah, have a good day. And she's like, can you help me? And I'm like, I don't want to say yes, but it's like, you know how you feel bad? Those little old ladies have like some kind of trap or they know how to make you feel bad. So I'm like, what can I do for you? And she said, my name's Teresa. I'm like, well, hi, Teresa. What can I do for you? Like, get, you know, she goes, hurry up. I'm scared Gil's blood sugar's messed up. Can you go ask him if he needs a Mountain Dew? <laughs> of course it's a Mountain Dew. It's a Mountain Dew. So I'm like, okay, okay. So... I turn around, and you know, like in the scary movies, how people like just inch around the door and like ease around the door. And I'm like, hey, Gil. Hey, Gil. Gil. You go, like that. <laughs> They're like, I'm like, you don't sound too good, Gil. How's it? Everything all right in there? <laughs> he's like, he's like, first off. <laughs> Sorry, I know this is loud for everybody, but he's like, first off. <laughs> I'm like, Sure, I'm Teresa. He goes, I don't need no Mountain Dew, Teresa. I'm like, okay, well, good. I said, he said he don't need one. She, yes, he does. So she hands me a Mountain Dew. I like one of those little bottled up Mountain Dew. I said, I was like, she probably just grabbed it out of the case. Yep. And I'm like, right. and she's like, will you hand that to him? I said, no. I'm like, I'm not going that far in. I'm trying, I'm breathing through my mouth, you know, I'm like all that. And I go, hey, Gil. He goes, Teresa. 
<laughs> that's like all he did. It's like you know he's straining just to say that. He's got to like take a couple of breaths yeah. to be able to say praise God. And so I roll the Mountain Dew to him across the bathroom floor, and it hits him in his foot. That's still splayed out. <laughs> it's still splayed out. And he's like, praise God. I don't need a Mountain Dew. <laughs> and she's like, yes, you do. I just, they're just having a back and forth. He's like, praise God. Shit, my pants <laughs> and I go, and I'm like, wait. I said, what? He goes, I'm gonna shit my pants. <laughs> and I'm like, so I turned back around and said, um, this is verbatim him, Teresa. Teresa, he shit his pants. <laughs> and she's like, oh no, he did it again. <laughs> I'm like, so this happens often. Something okay, this happens often. No, obviously, but their marriage is so spicy. I know. Well, that's how they keep it spicy. Depends on what he eats, I guess, but. So I said, yeah. She's like, oh, I'm glad I packed the extra pants. I'm like, does this happen often? She's like, when his sugar acts up, he just starts crapping. <laughs> I'm like, well, that sounds like a really shitty situation yeah. he's in, Teresa. <laughs> and so I said, how about this? She said, will you bring him his pants? I said, no, ma'am, I will not. I said, there's lines, ma'am. I said, how about this? I will watch the door for you. She's like, I don't know if I can go into the man's bathroom. Like, obviously... Gills Pecker is the only Pecker she's ever seen. So yeah. she's terrified to go in there and scared she's going to see somebody else's. So she goes in and I'm like, I got your six, you know, trying to get, get on her, you know, good conservative side. And I'm watching the door and I just hear like pants hit the ground. And he goes, crack off, crack off. <laughs> like you just hear, crack off. And all of a sudden this little kid starts making a, you see him coming. And he's grabbing his pants, and he is, like, sprinting about five feet ahead of his mom. And he's coming right out the bathroom. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay. I had one of those, like, existential moments where I was like, okay, I can I can let him go. And he's going to be traumatized by the crap that he sees in that bathroom. Yeah. Like, traumatized majorly. So I could stop him. Or if I stop him, though, I could look like a creeper trying to grab, like, like stop this kid. Because I don't know this kid. So I like stick my leg out and like trip him a little bit. I'm like, buddy, you don't want to go in there. She's like, I got a pee pee. And I'm like, you you need to just go in your pants or go to the girl's bathroom. And thank the good Lord. Because I hear. And she's like, Gil, shut up, Gil. And I'm just like, finally, my phone buzzes. And I got the text that my medicine was okay. So I leaned my head back in. And I said, Gil. I wish you all the best of luck. I said, Teresa, you're the real one. You packed an extra pair of pants. You knew what was going to happen. Y'all have a great day. Like that is, and I'm sitting there the whole time thinking, why does this happening to me? Like how, all I needed to do was wash my hands. And so I'm like pissed at the uh, pharmacist. I'm like y'all are the reason I'm stuck in this shitty situation. Like seriously, like literal. But all that to say, that was the last time I went in to Publix to get my medicine. I would never go in to get Publix medicine again. I'll just go through the drive-thru. That's yeah, what drive-thru That's what the drive-thru are for. I've learned that. So I got to meet, that's my story of Teresa and Gil. Like that is America's couple right there. But you know what? That's a good time to what we're going to talk about today because I bet they are the most working class couples that we will ever meet. And probably the most staunchest Republicans you'll ever meet. And you know, we got to bridge those divides because for every person, and Gil out there, those are two exploited workers that we can get their votes and we can get their support. So 
all that to say, it was an interesting story. That's my story from the time that we've been away. So sounds like a story worth sharing to the viewers, to be honest. I've been waiting to share that with you. So anywho, what do you got to share with us, Zach? Um, pretty much this it's it's gone on a couple weeks. It's the drama between number one, the uh, how do you feel about the vaccination that everybody that everybody got called out that Joe Rogan got called out on? Well, a I'm just glad he got called out finally. Like Joe Rogan, I feel like he signed that big what hundred million dollar million dollar streaming deal for Spotify a year. Right? No, no, no. It's it's like a ten year, hundred million dollar deal. Oh, okay. So he's making that big money, and he's lost out on being in touch with his listeners, essentially. Because, well, first off, it just start uh, starting off. He was talking about the uh, having no idea that everyone got the stimulus, the stimulus check. And he says, even the people who don't, even the people who already work and have a job. Right. I'm like, buddy, you realize I uh, like you're you're the reason I'm into podcasting, but still you are literally set beyond 99.9% of the people in the, in the country. And the fact of the matter that you're getting mad over a person who makes $7.25, you're mad at them getting a stimulus check is beyond. Well, you ridiculous. get to sit on your ass and make a podcast and get paid $100 million. Yes. Like, so you have the nerve to be mad about somebody getting pennies for what compared to what you make like it's just and that just goes to show the divide and the disconnect between rich and poor yes and if that's not like completely um just the epitome and symbolic of that but then also in this last week he was talking about um because when the whole situation over he said like young people shouldn't get covid or sh young people shouldn't get uh he the says vaccine. If, he says if you're a healthy 21 year old you should not get the vaccine and it's like what stats but but then but then on the next episode of course he got called out and got a heap of shit he even had dr fauci call him out and what he said was it's for two reasons if you're doing it for people it's a whole other different scenario instead of just you end up you just deciding to get the shot for yourself instead of you caring and looking out for other people exactly and that's that's the whole thing is like it seems like he got caught and then he tried he tried he, it seems like he needed to get back in the, yeah. yes try to get back in the good graces but yeah. good thing he did so he needed the pr good pr but it goes that's just our society in general is we're so focused on our society preaches you get you, you do you, and focus on you and making that dollar for you and fuck anybody else that you have to mess over. Excuse, like, sorry for the language, but that's just, in general, like... Ah, this language is, this is a, a language podcast. It's we are right. <laughs> explicit. But um, that's, I mean, that's what our society pushes, is, you know, that rugged individualism to where you don't, you're not supposed to care about others. And that's just what's so messed up is like, you know... I got the vaccine not because I'm terrified, like not because of specifically of you getting me being it. terrified yeah. of getting it like or me getting people. it. Yeah, it's for other people. It's the elderly people in my family that I'd be worried about potentially spreading it to. That's uh, we only see them once a year. <laughs> but I'm mean, <laughs> in general, though, you know, like I come into contact with. Oh, damn it, Zach! But, but for that one minute, but, but for that one year, for those about 30 to 45 minutes, you know what? It's completely 
you, I mean, you risk exposing your. Right. And I mean, you know, I'm doing my part, but seriously though, like that, that's what, I guess it's just all that disconnect and just entitlement and privilege that he has because he knows also that he's like, well, my kids got it and they didn't have any horrible symptoms. Okay. Well, good for your kids. And I'm glad your kids didn't, but I can give you eight examples off the top of my head of young people who have died from COVID. But let me ask you this though. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Is it about, uh, is it the fact that, like you said, most of the people that got it and died were either a morbidly obese or, or, or having some kind of underlying health problems along with the coronavirus that ended up doing them in. There were young athletes that ended up dying after getting the coronavirus. There was one uh, 19-year-old pitcher out of California. I don't, his, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he had just graduated high school, and he ended up getting it, and his brother posted on Twitter about how they had to take him off of life support because uh, of the he, he was dying from after contracting COVID. There was an African-American football player in, was it New Jersey? He was like 20 or 21, and he ended up dying less than a week after uh, contracting it. So there's plenty of examples of young people getting it and dying that were perfectly healthy. It's just the coronavirus affects everyone differently. Right. Let me ask you this. Do you also think it's the different variants that do them in? And that's the big thing that everybody doesn't get is like, you know, that's great. That And that's what everybody's talking about. We need to push worldwide vaccines because even if we fully vaccinate, there's different variants and mutations. Jesus Christ. Speaking of that, I, I don't. I hate to just take you off on a on – a, it's not a side tangent, but have you seen the cases in India? And that's – right to my point is they're saying close to a, they don't know how many people in India actually have it and how many people actually die. And there's been over four, at least what I've looked 400,000 deaths, 400,000 deaths already. Yeah. They're averaging 300,000 cases a day. And you realize that they're running at, they're having to like, I was looking on, uh, on Snapchat through like daily mail. And it said that they are, that this, uh, two sons of the mother, where they were driving her dead corpse to the crematorium on a oh, yeah. motorbike, on a motorbike. And they're having mobile crematoriums, essentially, where they just have to set up burn pits, essentially, because so many people are dying because they don't have the infrastructure to help the people. And so— And they're having to rely on foreign aid. And they're Well, yeah, because they don't—and that's what we need to be doing. We do not need to be making a profit, uh, worried about profit, for a vaccine. So then we have all these variants that are now in mutations, another word for variant, being allowing to happen because we're not able to get a worldwide control on this virus. So we're going to still have this virus worldwide. It doesn't matter if we get fully vaccinated as a country, because until you get a handle of it worldwide, it's still going to mutate and those mutations can make their way to the U.S. and still have an outbreak. And so do you think even with people who do get the uh, corona shot, like say whether it be Moderna or J and J or or they pulled, one. yeah they yeah. pulled J but uh, my question is do you think it's true that like if they actually like do you think they'll be able to achieve herd immunity or what? I mean herd immunity even with the I mean once you get the vaccine you can still achieve herd immunity right? Yes, eventually, but it's not, that's still you know six eight months away. So even people that are like. Um, completely vaccinated, it's not like you still can just then go about your normal day. 
because we still have to ensure that everyone is able to get vaccinated to reach a certain percent. And people, it's not guaranteed that people still can't um, either contract or uh, share the virus, spread the virus. Because until you are not considered fully vaccinated until two weeks after your last, your second dose. So there's just many, it's, it's like, we still have to A, care about one another. And so it's just, people can't just act like it's not happening because they're, it's not affecting them, you know? Yeah, you can't live with your head in the sand. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So let's, let, another thing we want to talk to the viewers about is... Let's the, dive into it. What we're fixing to dive into is the State of the Union. With uh, old Iron Jaw. Iron Jaw Joe Biden. Old Iron Jaw So from what uh, clips you've watched or and or things you've saw, what is something that uh, has stuck out to you? That either either A, he didn't mention or mentioned briefly or just straight up hasn't just hasn't kept up this part of the bargain. Honestly, like, I don't even know where to begin. It's just like two sides of the same coin with Republicans and Democrats. Because everybody, I keep hearing everybody going, he's the most progressive president. And he... Oh, my favorite is, isn't it great to get on Twitter and not see these rants and rambles and calling out and like, okay, well, that's great. It is good. It's great. Yeah. But what has he really done different? Like literally, and we're going to have a great discussion about this, but literally stop and think about it. What has he done that different that, that wasn't already here with Donald Trump? And we're going to go through it because, I mean, I'll just give you a brief overview. One of the big things that all liberals and everybody was up in arms against was kids in cages. But now they just renamed what it is. Right. There's five times the amount of kids in cages than when Donald Trump was in office. So first off, there's that. But nobody's saying anything about that. All the liberals have gone back to brunch. Second, there's no Medicare for all. There's no public option that... Iron Jaw was running on. In fact, he hadn't even put forth his public option yet. Um, he gained so much notoriety for saying, well, we're going to stop the Keystone Pipeline. I was happy for it. But then he has signed 31 new drilling permits, offshore drilling permits I, I, since. Is it is it the fact of, is it is it not in a, is it a U.S. territory or like the, like the reason he signed it? Because I thought he said is it, what was the thing he signed an action anyway? Was it not, was it current drilling permits or, or what, like, what was no, the thing he brand signed? Brand new drilling permits off the coast yeah, of California okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, uh, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think what he signed was not um, re, like, like re-signing current oil things. You know, I think what, you know what I mean? It's, it's just like, it's good, but it's like a sidestep in a sense. You know what I mean? Like he re-signed. Like no no re agreement no new leasing that's that's what he well, no, meant. No, these are like thirty one brand new, never been signed before new permits yeah, yeah, yeah. to go I, yeah. explore new areas. Yeah, that's shitty. That's yeah. expanding. Yeah, that's but, wrong. It, so it's like saying, okay, we're gonna take away the Keystone pipeline, yeah. but we're gonna just add. It's like subtraction, addition somewhere else, which is completely counterintuitive. And I to thought he's supposed, supposed to be. To be and I thought he's supposed to uh, transform the. Green the economy, yeah, to, yeah, to a greener, clean energy. Exactly. So once again, nothing new. Platitudes, platitudes. I'm going to say that word so many times this podcast. No green new deal. No fifteen dollars an hour. The first little ounce 
of pushback that he got. He just crumbled. We're going to fight for $15 an hour. And then just boom, nothing. The first little bit of pushback. And they could have easily pushed through it. They and you could, know, and they you know what's the sad part? You know the fact that even Mitt Romney himself wanted to up the minimum wage to 11. Exactly, exactly. 11. Thank you, thank you. So, okay. Uh, what's Not his name? 15. What's his name? Joe Manchin. Even fucking Joe Manchin said, okay, well, why not this? We can meet in the middle at like 11 or 12. That's better than nothing. But it's like they said 15 or nothing, which I agree. We could do 15, easily do 15. Implement but, it. Exactly. And it's not like it's going to change to $15 an hour tomorrow. It's phased in over five years. So first off, so all the people that can't do it. You got to adjust for inflation. Yeah. Well, we're going to have $8 for milk. Like, shut up. Shut up. You've shared that on Facebook. You have no idea what you're talking about, first off. Second, it's just like he just completely wilted. And so, and third, all these people are like, we just can't do it. We can't do it. Everything will be unaffordable. People are going to be laid off. How have we gotten to $7.25 an hour? We've had raises in, 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 uh, the minimum wage. And you know what? Time. Even even Obama himself raised it from $7 when he took office to $7.25. Right. Well, minimum wage was enacted by FDR. It started out as, as like a couple of, what, 30, 40 cents an hour? And so it started out there and it's gotten up to $7.25 over the course of 60 years. Where the, the same fear mongers each time was going, well, there's going to be layoffs, but it's weird how we still survived. We're still here. Isn't that something? But people are so nearsighted. And so ignorant that they refuse to do any kind of research. They just want to share what great aunt Gertie shared on Facebook and take it as law. And so no 15 an hour. Um, Bombings in Syria, the drones, which Donald Trump started out his right at the beginning of his term that they were all against. And what did Joe Biden do? Sent drone strikes in Syria. So it's like military industrial complex. Can I ask you this though? Is it, is it the fact that they're killing innocent civilians or is it the fact that they're actually trying to completely try and tear down ISIS or, or, or what it or what it stands for? Okay. Um well Joe Biden said we've defeated ISIS. Or, or Donald Trump said that as well, too. Whenever he killed the the yeah. Iranian leader yeah. uh, who who was assassinated yeah. a um general for a sovereign nation in Iran. Yeah, who was it that, that- um shoot I don't know off the top of my head. I, I His that's what I'm saying. Was I like the wolf or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What you're like, it was like last year or the year before, something yeah. like that. But uh, um, Saudi or no, um, I don't know. Anyway, that's, um, where, that's where's the Google. That's for, where, for, 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 we're gonna make this uh, episode also a little bit interactive. So whoever, if you can just comment who the hell that exactly was, we would love that. And you really will not helpful. have puppy nipples. But um, so. You know, it's the fact that, yes, innocent people are dying due to these drone strikes. Have you seen the video footage of the streets of Syria after these drone strikes? Like, I've seen them all over Twitter of, like, kids running out with, like, arms blown off because of these drone strikes. All because they suspect a terrorist was in a building, and so they bombed the whole damn building, killing God only knows how many innocent people. And that's how they get around it is saying, well, you know, war powers, war powers, you know, the Constitution that these right-wingers love so much says that Congress shall declare war. 
Has Congress ever declared war on ISIS? No. 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 What did George W. Bush declare war on? Terrorism? Terrorism. So... Well, technically, Congress declared war on Iraq and Afghanistan. Not on terrorism. It was just called the war on terrorism. Right. So, let me ask you this, though. Do you honestly think... Yeah, since the news broke that Biden said he's withdrawing all the troops from Afghanistan, right? So do you honestly think that once they withdraw, how do you know that it's not just going to go to hell in a handbasket? Well, A, he hasn't. he's not withdrawing all the troops. In September, right? No, well, no. September not, 11th. This is what he, he says, that we're going to withdraw the troops, but we're leaving close to 3,000. We're just privatizing the military. So instead of having actual U.S. soldiers... We're just having private military, which is the same thing. Okay, but my question is, like, how is that a bad thing to to you know? You realize that if you leave a nation like that, who's which is already most likely probably crumbling as is. So if you if you take your military presence out of there, how do you know they're not going to go back to killing their own citizens? Well, we can't just. Sla- I mean, you know what I'm look saying? at Vietnam. The anniversary of Vietnam was just this past week. The withdrawal from Vietnam. We were an occupying force in Vietnam. And the people just said, we want to rule our own country. We cannot police How do you know that world? wasn't communism, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, in in uh, Vietnam, like, you know, the Viet Cong were, were, un, were fighting for alongside— You the, know what they were fighting for? They wanted to have control over their own country. Ho Chi Minh, the communist leader of North Vietnam, wanted to ally with the United States, but we refused to ally with them and decided to bomb them instead. Because they're a communist, right? So what? So what? What was so bad about them? So what was so bad about they were they, if they were communists, you know? So because they were communists, what what's so bad about communism? Uh, pretty much just the basics and what the basis on what they stand for. What is, is that? You know, figured, you're the history major. I figured you that's should. what I'm saying. I don't think communism is that bad. What is what is communism? Correctly. Communism is essentially giving power to the people to control the means of production. But that, but then how do you know it's not like imperialist com- imperialistic communism like well, Russia or things of that nature? You with know? the Soviet Union, like what our understanding and knowledge of like Stalin, everybody thinks, oh, Stalin, bad. But our, was bad. Our, our knowledge that we've been told about him is bad. But think about this. The Soviet Union went from being an agrarian society to being an industrial superpower within 40 years. So comparing against the United States, huh? Racing against the United States, whether right. whether the space race, you know, just right, but still became a yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, I was industrial power. That, yeah. yeah, um, they took their literacy rate in when the uh, Russian Revolution happened in 1917. Four percent of Russia could read. Within 40 years, their literacy rate was up to 85%. That is amazing. Also, they had universal health care in the 1930s. They also ended uh, differences in pay for gender uh, based on male or female. You know, there was not the wage gap. So what I'm saying is what we've learned about the Soviet Union is propagandized. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, am I claiming to be an expert? No, but we can't just say, "Ooh, communism bad." Okay. Well, what's your source? Well, my history book. Okay. Well, your history book also said that slavery was okay. Your history book also said that well, Native Americans they were just in the way of westward expansion. You know, 
So we can't really trust what the history books say. Right. So fast forward to where we're at today. So mm -hmm. w regarding the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan, in your yeah. own opinion, what do you think is the best way to combat ISIS or terrorist organizations like Al Qaeda or things of that yeah, nature? Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you how do you suggest going about it? Because they're still going to chop kids' arms off. They're still going to do commit public killings. They're still going to do all these harsh things that people don't mm -hmm. want to acknowledge. And I I agree what you're saying, but also we have to the smartest way to combat anything is to understand where it developed from. Why did it start out in the first place? When the coronavirus came about, or the Spanish flu of 1917, they had to go back and find the origin of what caused it to happen, right? Anytime there is a hurricane, they go to where it first formed, right? Or anytime there was an earthquake, they go to the epicenter, right? The scent where it happened, the origin. So when it comes to the terrorist terrorism why do they hate the united states so much or uh whether it be them western powers there so you much. Go. why do they hate western powers so much because they invaded their land exactly in the 1930 or 19 early 1900s up until the 1950s the united states england and france were colonial powers that conquered these lands and said we want your oil. We want your resources. It's ours. You can work with us, or we can just take it from you and kill you. And we'll still kill you either way, essentially. So they've been having us control their means of production for decades. So the whole um, 1960s and 70s, we saw the decolonization movement in Africa and Asia. So Vietnam was another part of that. What, what were we ever against Vietnam for? Why, why did Vietnam hate us? Or why did we invade Vietnam? For democracy. Right, for democracy. So, Wait, Which is true because if you want to get technical, what about the whole South Vietnam and North Vietnam? Like The South was for democracy and the North was for communism, right? Well, originally Vietnam was a colony. All of Vietnam was a colony of France. The northern half of Vietnam wanted their independence from France. The southern half was under control of Vietnam and uh, France slash, or excuse me, of France. So they were trying to, they did not want to fight off French colonial powers. That's what it began as. So we joined the Vietnam War on the side of France to help them keep their colonial possession of Vietnam. Is it that or would you say to keep democracy from? We say that it's democracy, but it's the Vietnamese people wanting true democracy. Are we a democracy? Are we a democracy? No, we're not going into trippy times. Continue on what you were saying. No, well, that's a, that's a good point, though. What is democracy? Democracy is people having a voice, correct? Right. So if we're, we, the Vietnamese people were fighting to have their own country. They wanted to get rid of French power. The same as the Middle East. These Middle Eastern countries, like the Taliban, originally started as getting rid of British forces, then getting rid of the Soviet Union. Yeah, I was about to say Russian, but like, when was that whole Russian? 1970s and 80s. Yeah. And so the United States originally was on the side of the Taliban yeah, they were and giving, Osama. Yeah, they were giving, yes. I, giving weapons and exactly. ammunition and, and all that stuff. The uh, Russian Reagan funded it, didn't he? Yes. Your own uh, American perfect Republican. Right. Exactly. So 
all of that happened, the Soviets withdrew. And so the Taliban, which was the Afghanistan, Afghani people, they said, hey, great, thanks. Now we want our own land, like you promised. And the United States, well, actually, we just want your oil. We want your oil. So we're going to help you, air quote, build up your government. And then we never want to leave. But I mean, at the same time, isn't that true? They've had elections and things of that nature, too. You know, They've had elections, but they've been rigged, just like any other corrupt government said, oh, any, I'm sorry, I don't care how popular a leader is. No leader is ever going to win 97% of the vote. I'm sorry. It's never going to happen. No one is that popular. It's statistically impossible. So when there's elections, quote, quote, they're rigged elections. That's not democracy. That is an oligarchy. So if I'm, I'm just going to throw you a little, uh, little something to yeah. debunk. So what about the safest election in history that Trump claimed, oh, well, you know, I had all the votes in Georgia, I had all that shit. Yeah, it's the same thing as that, you know. Arizona. Like, yeah. That, 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 that he will not stop talking about, oh, Arizona, I had that I had that state one, and, and, and Moneybag Joe just had to take it from me. Right, and, and they have no credible evidence to back up the fact that they had it stolen from them. So all that to say, that's the origin of why these war on terror starts is because we want the oil in the Middle East. Okay, yeah. But but then let's all agree here. Let's go back to logical thinking that, you know, I don't think cutting your own I don't think cutting children's arms off or or strapping suicide vests to their own people will has any positive effect on anything. Just being rational and right. being clear and, thinking. And yeah, I'm not, and I'm clarifying that because I know people go, well, you mean you're for that? No. Well, yeah, you can't be a, you but, can't, don't be a, a sympathizer. Right, and I never said that. I'm just saying you've got to look at it rationally and understand the origin because when you understand the origin, then it says, hmm, they just want control over their own land. Yes. Just because we don't agree necessarily, quote, quote, with how they run their government doesn't mean that we have right. a right to occupy them. Right. So the same as in Vietnam, just because we need, and what it goes back to is it's not in our economic interest for them to be a certain way. Right. Even though it may benefit their people to be a different way than what we want, we are more worried about our economic interest. And that is wrong. Right. So that how do you know? Yes, exactly. So how do you know that, say that U.S. forces completely withdraw and then how do you know that that whole country isn't going to go to shit and back you know what i'm well, saying like it's going to completely like it, like terrorism is going to take over and i'm not trying to sound cheesy or corny like you know like whether it be isis or al-qaeda the taliban things of that nature like how do you know it's not just going to go to shit well i mean and, and you have to and, and like like i'm saying you can't let leaders of their own government genocide their own people you know i agree but what are we going to do? Just stay there inevitably uh, for eternity? No. Have we, a, have a presence. Not not. I'm not talking about have full fledged armies. I'm talking about the same way America has bases in Japan, Britain. Why? All why? In case any in case in case uh, the Japanese want to attack us. No. Again? In case like, problems break out. You know what I'm I, saying? It's like, ridiculous. It, it we should not police the world and this is something then, that conservatives yes should be able to agree with me about. yes you shouldn't police the world but at the same time you also have to defend people's demo you have to defend right. democracy or you have to defend things of that nature i agree which you preach upon you know? i agree but in these countries they're having their elections they're going fine but when it 
they elect a leader the U.S. doesn't agree with, then we send surges of troops. Okay. That's what happened in Afghanistan. Yeah. We elected an elite, a leader that the people wanted, but the U.S. didn't because it wasn't our picked, quote, quote, person. So then we send surges of troops and say, oh, well, see, their government's corrupt. So what it's doing is if it doesn't fit our economic interest, then we say, oh, well, we got to stay. We got to stay. They're corrupt governments. Just like with Joe or uh, Donald Trump saying, oh, it wasn't the outcome I wanted, so it's corrupt. No, it just didn't agree with what you wanted. Right. True democracy would be allowing them to have fair and free elections. If it goes our way, what well, we want, great. If it doesn't, you lose. Fight again another day. So if you, unless we allow that to just happen and play out, then we're just going to be stuck in a cycle of staying in the Middle East, staying in endless wars, and the only people that benefit from that is the military-industrial complex. Not the people in the Middle East, because they're going to keep getting bombed to hell and back, but the corporations like Raytheon and Northrop Grumman, Grumman and uh, Lockheed are going to continue making money. See, you, you like those facts. I just called them all out right there. Um, if I die tomorrow, then, you know, something we know why so speaking about the increase in the military let's also talk about the increase in the police budget as well what yeah. was it you said that Moneybag joe just recently uh added on to the police budget well yeah like we have an expanded military budget of 760 billion dollars yeah and, then, and the millet increase in the police budget so so i think this is where we're going to have our uh, we're going to come at a crossroads here and i think it's good for people to understand where i'm coming from and where you are coming from. Yeah. I think we both want the same thing. We just have different ways of getting there. And we have different ways of approaching it. Yes. So let's deconstruct it for the listeners. Yeah. So the, explain your view. Yeah. The My view is there's obviously a corrupt... At the core. At the core policing system in this country. There's no denying that. So... How do you fix a corrupt, let's say if you have a tree that is uh, already rotten. dead at the roots. Yeah, it's dead at the roots and it's rotten. If you cut off a branch, does that solve the issue? No. You have to dig it up by the root and re completely reconstruct it. Huh. Almost like a system of reconstruction. I don't know. Um, so if that corrupt system is right there, how is um, increasing the budget to them saying, oh, well, you're screwed up, but you know what? Here's more money to keep doing what you do. That's just incentivizing bad behavior. So no, keep going, keep going, and and then once you're once you're mm -hmm. finished with all the points you make, then I'm going to give you my perspective, and, okay. and and we'll let the people decide. Okay. And so by defunding the police, and that right there, I know everybody, somebody just shit their pants right there. That's listening. You know what? You made Ted Cruz just wake up from his dozing off nap by shitting himself. I hope he did. I hope it was a squirty one too. Um. So defunding the police. So everybody, let's just go ahead and debunk a lot of these myths. Defunding the police does not mean there won't be any police. No, that's not what it means. It means reallocating resources to other areas that are trained to help. So, for instance, why should an armed police officer respond to a mental health crisis when you can have a trained social worker that knows how to deal with those situations respond? And that's how you cut down on unarmed people being killed by the police because they account for seven out of 10 deaths by the, at the hands of the police. Or for instance, why should we be spending or sending 
uh, all of these uh, military-grade weapons and tanks and SWAT okay, so, to the police. Yes, yes. So I will say, I will take my part, and I will completely agree with you on demilitarizing. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, I'll let you continue, but I was just letting, like, I agree with you on mm-hmm. that wholeheartedly. So Okay. And so when the whole defund the police... It's not doing away with the police. It's actually looking at the issue, and instead of investing in bombs and guns and weapons for the police that's still corrupt, then it's investing hope. And military vehicles. Yeah, and military vehicles and all that. It's investing hope and investing resources, tangible resources, into the communities that are affected the most by policing, i.e. public health. I.e. Social workers. Social workers, investments in businesses, all of that. Community. Yes, actual community services. That is how you fix the issues of the police because the number and quit um, criminalizing poverty. That's how you solve the And decriminalize, for the love of Jesus Christ, decriminalize marijuana. Yeah, there's another thing we agree on. So, go ahead. Okay. Thank you. So, what I'm trying to tell, like, basically, my point of view is, why would you why like why is it a bad thing to give them all that money so that way they can invest in training which they most certainly valuable need because an average police officer only has 3 hours of hand to hand combat and you realize 90% of their job is dealing with the public right so my question to you is why is it that like it's frowned upon for giving them money and resources to allow them to train their people and allow them to be able to reach and and learn de-escalation escalation situations as well regarding you know what to do oh well you pull this guy over and he's acting suspicious or he he has his hand in his pocket he may you, you may need to search him for this that and this you know and also another one of my points is why exactly is it that like what is wrong with building from the current system that you have, but have reforms. Like as an example, why completely start over all the way from scratch when you when you when you're talking about deconstruction, right? Why why start all the way over from scratch and are and you already have some decent policing policies. I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying you know, whether it be chokeholds, whether it be um allowing your officers to carry AR-15s. I'm not saying that shit. I'm just saying, like, you already have some some good foundations. So my point is, why completely strip it all down and start over when you can reform the bad the bad policies and then add on your – and then just continue to customize from the good ones? Okay. You make very valid points. Uh, the first thing I want to say, when I say – start over from scratch that's not saying we'll do away with the police no 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 no. i know that yeah. but i'm just saying like you're, you're talking about whether it be you know you, you get the gist of what yeah. i'm saying it's two things so a we can't keep just kicking the buck passing the buck kicking the can eventually you just gotta put in the work as a society to truly fix something it's kind of like if i had a bad transmission now i could keep just like doing little band-aids but it's gonna still keep screwing up right Eventually, I just need to buy another transmission, you know. Or, but in your no, 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 no. All right, I'm fixing to make a valid point to you right there. So when you say repeat to the listeners exactly what you said. Okay, if I've got a messed up transmission, yeah, and I need a new transmission, but I just keep doing little band aids. There you go. It's going to keep messing up. Right. So why Uh, not? But 
in your case, what you're talking about deconstruction, you're talking about not exactly buying a whole new transmission. You're talking about getting a whole goddamn new car. No, I said you're, get you're, a new transmission. Exactly. But if the transmission – like what, what, what the point I'm trying to make is you're talking about instead of it just being a, a transmission problem, you're wanting to deconstruct it and start fucking completely com- from mm-hmm. scratch. And that means getting, getting quote-unquote, a new, new vehicle or some sort, whether as the points I'm trying to make is if it's a – transmission problem you fix the transmission problem and add on to things right. in the future you, you, well, you get what i'm saying in my i see what you're saying yes but what i'm saying is the car would be society as a whole yeah you the fix transmission what, is the police okay i see what you're yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was i was thinking smaller you're thinking even more detailed than me so kudos to you but what i'm trying to get at is when i say start over from scratch when it's built the policing the idea of policing in this country was built on the premise of white supremacy. Yes, yes, okay, yes. So yeah. when it's based in that, because policing started out as slave patrols. Yes, but but then what happened, I know t- history tends to repeat itself, but what the point I'm trying to get to you is we wouldn't have evolved to the policing we have today if it wasn't from that. You have to, exactly. igno- you have to acknowledge the past, but also you have still the same principles but it's not all rooted in quote unquote racism you get what i'm saying we have you to have, make it where it's not you yes exactly so, but that doesn't mean defunding the police uh, in quote unquote in some in, in the ways you're saying that means give them adequate training adequate resources and i'm not talking about giving them weapons i'm talking about giving them the right. tools they need in order to to succeed and that's and you know how you do that by giving them the funds necessary to succeed the funds necessary to succeed, yes, and that's all part of reallocating resources. That's what I've been talking about the whole time, is reallocation of resources. Yes, by doing that, you do properly train police officers with how to interact with the public to where their first instinct isn't to grab a weapon. Exactly. That's, yes, that's proper training. Yes. But that deals with also having training on not the whole policing system that we have is based off of profiling and is based off of broken windows policing. That's the two forms of policing that we have in this country. Elaborate. Yeah, I'm a criminology major. I'm actually going to use my degree. So in policing, profiling means, okay, I have a stereotypical version of what a quote-unquote criminal looks like. So I'm more prone and trained to go towards that. This is the same reason why police go after uh, shitty cars. Yes. Exactly. So that is a foundational pillar of policing, which needs to be changed. Reform. Well, completely done away with. If you reform it, you're still sticking with that base foundation. So see, we've got to understand vocab terms. Okay? So when it comes to reforming, that means you still stick with the structure. You're just adding new parts. You add what is wrong and replace it with what is right. Correct. But... When that foundation is corrupt to begin with, if you keep adding new shit on top of it, you still got a, a, a uh, you still got a corrupt foundation. You still got a bad crack in the foundation. So if I have a house and I do a, I get drunk one night and decide to lay the foundation for the house, it's not going to be that great, is it? So if I keep building on top of it, even if I tear the house down but not don't fix the foundation, it's still going to be corrupt. Right. Yes, every point you're making is valid, but the point I'm trying to make to you is that we as a society are too far for to completely deconstruct the point you're trying Why? to make. The, the whole point is 
Like we are, we as a society, I, I know you're asking why and stuff, but this is just, you have to look at it like as is right in this yeah. current society we have now, we are already too far gone for that. You have to build upon and you have to reform what is unjust and make it just. And you have to build from there because like you said, the origins of policing may have been in slavery, but the origins of police today, 99.9% of, of police officers are good cops. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and so that's not me saying that all police um, is bad. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is there are good cops. I n personally know good individuals who are police officers, but they are drowned out by everything else that happens. Because I truly believe that individuals went into being a police officer because they wanted to do good. Public service. Yes, that's what it's supposed to be. So why? Are we as a society okay with completely deconstructing other issues that, like, for instance, we gut the shit out of education and don't think a thing in the world about it? Teachers have to make do and do more with less than any other. And have to use your own money. Yes. So why is it? Why do we not think twice about that? But when it comes to same thing, is defunding the police, is taking away resources to add somewhere else to make it more efficient. Oh, we can't do that. God forbid us do that. But we don't think twice about education. It shows where our priorities are, that we need to have a priority change in this country. Yeah, exactly. And so, it also shows in the point of the priorities where whereas you have three months in a in an academy and you exactly. have three three but hours total of a year. What of, you're talking about is a complete shift and change in the function and structure of policing. You realize that, don't but you? But not to that degree. So you're agreeing though. with me. But to not that not it's to a complete that degree, what, what why is it why are you why is it for because you? i'm not allocating resources like you're saying i am adding more money to be able to pay these people to train them and give them the proper knowledge in order to de-escalate well, or when you're situations. on a state budget you've got to make changes and cuts here you can't just keep adding keep adding like the federal government can we can fund as much as we want with the federal government because taxes don't fund spending but on state levels they have a certain budget to work criteria with. Yeah, yeah i see what you're saying so if you've got a hundred dollars and Ten dollars goes to policing. Yeah, and or, then the rest goes to tax. You know, you know exactly. Yeah. Or let's say you got a hundred dollars for policing, so you got to be very on a state level. You've got to decide how much of that hundred dollars do you want to spend on training, because priorities say, well, we're going to spend nine on weapons and new um, drones for the police, like New York City did with that robot dog or whatever the fuck it was, and. Um, state-of-the-art uh, SWAT stuff, but then we spend like 50 cents yeah, on the, training. Yeah, that, that's militarization. So yes, I don't agree on that. That yes. is refunding or reallocating resources. That is defunding the police. It's moving It's moving resources in the same police department, though. It's not moving them to social workers. Well, why would it? Why would that's you not that's the whole to? point I'm saying. Like you're you're trying to improve the police department. You're tr you're not trying to you're not trying to give resources to social workers. You're but trying that, you're by giving doing that. By doing that, you would improve the police department. But by doing that, you're taking away money that could be used for whether it be uh, the gang units or whether things that actually matter. I'm not talking about giving them new SWAT SWAT vehicles. I'm talking about you're moving it to gang units. You're moving it to uh, drug units, trying to find like you know what I mean. Yeah, right. and all those you can then go and say, well, what are this? What is the origin of the drug? dealing in this yeah country. everybody agrees the war on drugs is ridiculous yes yeah. but i'm just i'm just saying you're moving them in the same department you're not moving them to a whole other situation but see by moving them to a whole other situation you would then be freeing up 
police departments to focus in on specific areas and not have to focus in on nonviolent, non-criminal cases. So by then having calls go, that usually go to the police about mental health crisis would then be sent to a uh, social worker. Yes. So that's allowing police officers freeing them up to do other things. Right. But it also, but as an example, like say the police officer does get called to the uh, uh, mental health crisis, right? If they were to have, instead of bringing a social worker, if you have a police officer that is adequately trained and adequately taught, learned and learned how to disable. So we should just do away with social work? No, 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 no. I'm just saying as an example. That's just making it a lot more complicated though. So then- not only does a cop have to respond to violent cases that they should be trained for, they've then also got to be trained with how to di- how to respond to mental health cases. That just doesn't make sense. That's not efficient. That is not logistical. When you could send resources to people who go to school and are trained as a career in helping mental health crises, that makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So why is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing, but, but it's not taking away from police. It's taking away from their overall budget that they could be used where for training or uh, supplies. I or guarantee things of that nature. you, if they would provide funding for the police with the specific interest of de-escalation and anti-racist policing and changing the pillars of policing to not focus on broken windows, which is, okay, every little tiny infraction we've got to send vi- our armed responses to. Yeah, so like... That's well, called so, community so you're talking, policing. Yeah, yeah, so you're talking about like a uh, speeding ticket or something. Yeah, there shouldn't be armed police responses to speeding tickets when you can have red light cameras. So that's called reallocation of resources. That's completely changing the foundation of our current policing system. Correct. Which is a good thing. Yes, it, it can be in some instances. But yes. then also when you have politicians who make, like I was telling you earlier, very blanket statements that saying completely uh, abolish the police or things of that nature. How, how do you how, how do you handle things like that whenever people make ridiculous accusations like that? I... It gives the whole look of it a bad name is what is the point I'm trying to tell you. And I, I see what you're saying. And I'm not 100% well-versed on abolishing the police. I'll be the first to tell you that and what all that really entails. But right. But would, but would you agree, honestly, that, that, that that's just a blanket statement? I think that media's, media then runs with things and skews the narrative away. And you lose the narrative. Like um, progressive policies about defunding the police have lost the narrative to conservatives who are fear-bongering saying you're gonna you're never gonna have any more police when that's the and antithesis of what it really is so i think we lose the narrative when it comes to that so to jump around to this last topic our pretty much just like my main question is why is it that people would try so hard to break up unions whenever in the words of our own current president union is what built this country and that's what doesn't make sense is first off we we need to dive in a little bit and just explain what exactly is so good about unions like why are in in your opinion why are you pro-union why am i pro-union okay a union at the core 
is giving a voice to the worker. It gives a people a, a, a seat at the table, pretty mm-hmm. much. So in, in metaphorical terms, like it gives instead you have your CEO that's raking in all the big bucks and you have if you were a union, you would have a seat at all. You would have a seat at those earnings is what I'm saying. And that's what I'm trying to get at is like, you know, when it comes to a union, if it, without a union, all the power is in the hands of the owner because they have all the leverage. And he can exploit the fuck out of you. Right. And so if you have a union, that is a collective group of people. Workers. Exactly. At that business. And they are able to have leverage their own power because there's power in numbers because if a group of people come together and say you know what we want our demands heard and if we don't we strike which means the owner will not be making money because production will cease that's called power because the workers should have the power because they make the businesses great right so let me ask you this in response mm-hmm. to that so say that you know, your workers go on strike. Like what prevents that that CEO from firing everybody and starting over because somebody will still work that same job. You know because what I'm saying? Is, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's very inefficient for them because think about it. That's all new Training. workers that they have to pay and lose production because production's in a plummet. So they lose all that production and all that money that they're gonna have to waste to retrain. Right. So that's why it benefits businesses also in the long term to have to work well with their union. Because the higher paid, well more well paid the workers are, the happier they are, the higher morale they have, the more productive they are. So they also don't leave as often, so they're able to make more in production, which means more profits for the business. And you know what's the crazy part is the fact that people don't want to acknowledge that if is that if you actually you know pay why? people, they will stay. Right? And you know why? Because that's viewed as a Democrat position. And in this part of the country, anything that has a D beside it, we are against. You're pretty much just trash, throw it out the window. Exactly. And that's why it's more important to look at the policy and not the party. Don't you like that? So this is a working class issue. This is an issue that affects 99% of the people, the 99%. So it's bigger than Republican or Democrat. It's a working class issue that we need to tackle. So it's like, I want to, I, I said, let's say if you were a Republican, hardcore MAGA supporter, right? Let's say if you were that hypothetically, I'm sorry, first off. Yeah, don't you, don't throw that <laughs> at me. But you are a comrade of mine. You are a fellow, fellow exploited worker. worker. Just like Fred Hampton. He said Fred Hampton of the Black Panther Party was able to get white racist to come to the table and work with black chicago gangs because he said you know what we may not go to dinner and grab a beer together but we both are being exploited by those in power we're both being exploited by the elite because it's bigger than race it's bigger than party it's bigger than part of the country it's bigger than whether you are gay straight uh rich it's a rich poor issue that's what it matters and that's what they're trying to that's what we're trying to get people to see is that it's bigger than if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's a human issue, a worker issue. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot less of them than there are of us. But why should they have all the power when we are what makes this country move and we are what makes businesses function? You know what's the sad part is whenever they say, oh, well, you know what? They're overseeing the company. They're overseeing the company for their own benefit. Exactly. They're not They're not looking at to give 
workers' ra- raises or increase quality of health care. They're looking for their own bank. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to. These are policies, and that's all these different things that we've been talking about tonight. All these different things about Joe Biden. And who's actually being helped with this new administration? I'm making the argument that it's the same two sides of the same coin. Because big business is doing great. This, uh, the stock market is skyrocketing. And you, and, you know, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you seeing any benefit from the skyrocketing stock market? Yeah. No. And you know what's even more funny is the fact that if, if everybody looks around and you see all these jobs that are hiring, 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 and people are like, oh, well, they don't want to go out and work. Well, you know what? Nobody wants to work for eight, nine bucks an hour. You can't support a family on Exactly. That. And, and the sad part is you make more getting money from the federal government on unemployment than you do make at your own career. Right. And, and it's so easy for people to say, well, you just need to work harder. Well, okay, you're coming from a place where you own a business. Like, okay, I'm not saying that you didn't work hard to get to where you are, but that doesn't mean that your experience is the same as every other person's on earth. Other people have extra obstacles that they have to cross that not set, not taking away from what you accomplished. Okay, Chad, you got to accomplish it, but that doesn't mean that everybody else's experience is the same. And that's just how it is. It's called being empathetic to other people. but Right then, but let me ask you this, though. What is it about, like, it, how is it you can distinguish yourself from actually holding yourself accountable versus just wanting just to say, gimme, 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 gimme? Like, what, what's your advice on that? Like, how, you, mm-hmm. at some point, you do have to hold yourself accountable. Right, 100%. But also, think about this. The things that people want... Our basic necessities. Basic yes, necessities. I, yes, yes. But but the but to the point of my question, like, how is it you can, like, like as the point, like the point I'm making, like, how is it? It's just not just a, a gimme, 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 and then you got to just hold versus holding your own self accountable. At the heart of every person, they want to have dignity, and what does dignity and you know basic respect? What does that come from? Being able to provide for your family. And at the heart of the issue, people want to be able to provide for their families. And it's just like what Henry Wallace said and with FDR in the Economic Bill of Rights. Everyone wants the freedom from want. So they want to be able to provide for their family. They want the dignity of a well-paying job. A job that they don't have to work four, three and four times, three and four jobs to provide basic necessities for their family. It's not like everybody's asking for a mansion. We're just asking for basic necessities. And that's what all these, the majority of people just want to be able to to provide for their families. Are there people that play the system? Yeah. But, you know, we can't let a small group uh, categorize entire swaths of workers. And think about this. We are the wealthiest nation on earth. Why should anyone have want in this country? There's people that could physically never spend the amount of money that they have, can never go broke. So why not take care of the people who got you there? Right. So let me counter you right quick and, mm-hmm. and we'll and we'll draw draw this to a close. So re- repeat to the viewers exactly what you were what the, the point you were getting at. Why should any owner be living well off while their workers are having to struggle to make ends meet by working for them? Okay. Yes. So my point is like, why is it like, as an example, you want to, can I give you an example? Yeah. yeah. Why should Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk 
be worth hundreds of yeah, billions yeah, yeah, of yeah, dollars. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But yet their workers who work 40 hours a week for them still cannot make ends meet in their homes with their families by working for them. Right. But then, yeah, yeah. So, so when you were making about the point you were making about, oh, well, there's going to be people that play the system and all that stuff. So yeah. why is it that you should, whenever it's like, it's statistically proven that if you give people who don't have a lot of money, a good bit of money, they're not going to spend it on the things that you should be spending your money on. As an example, whether it be like, you're going to, you're going to spend it on ho-hos and, and, pack of L&Ms. You know what I'm saying? You're going to no. waste your money. You're going to waste I, your allocation. 100% wholeheartedly disagree with that. Like as like at, people at, are given money, they're going to spend it on what they need. Right, but you don't think that as an example, you're rather you're you're Joe Blow off the street that's going to get say say well, there's some random person blow it. Yeah, but you can't screw over everyone because of the actions of a few. You have to look at the greater good, the overall yeah, if I if everybody focused on the oh what ifs, we would have never been where we're at today. Yeah, but you get you know? half the poor people spending however many money on on fucking uh, lottery tickets that's blowing your money. You know what I'm saying? You, like, you're making up hypotheticals though. But no, you're no, going but way down no, the rabbit hole. I'm not trying to go down the hypotheticals. No, no, you I'm said, not well, trying half to. Half the poor people. I've, I'm just using you at your own words, so you yeah. need to clarify. Okay, what I'm sorry. Yes, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make blanket statements. Well, but you did. I said I'm sorry. So anywho. Like I was saying, so like people who don't basic long story short, people who don't spend their money wisely. That's all. Okay. There's gonna be that all the time. Okay. So, but does that damn them for the rest of their life? I'm not saying it does. No. So I'm making a counter statement. That's yeah. how these work. So if they people are gonna blow their money, there's some people that will, yes. But we're getting so far into the weeds, you're getting you're deflecting away from the big issue. That every- You're using a whataboutism. Yeah. You're saying, well, what about the guy that's going to blow his money? Okay. Well, A, do you have any statistics to prove that? No. B, you cannot categorize an entire group of people who are suffering through no fault of their own that are suffering by not being able to make ends meet, even though they work 40 hours a week. They work just as hard as you and me, but just because of the circumstances they were born into. The cards you're dealt. Yes, the cards they are dealt. That should not damn them for the rest of their life. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. That's all I'm saying. Right. Okay. Any other things you want to add? Uh, Pretty much. Like you said, you pretty much closed the book on that chapter. So, um, like I said, I I think it's, I think we ought to just end it off on a high note like that. Definitely. And we were able to cover a wide variety of topics for sure. And you know what? Let us know if you like this style or format better than our normal shindig you know yeah i like how you know it's free-flowing because there's so many different issues that are facing us yes in society and, and it's fun to just jump around instead of just landing on a script uh-huh. quote-unquote you know whether yeah. it just be oh well one two three four five you know we're going to talk about such such and such i'd rather to me it just feels more natural and free-flowing mm-hmm. just being able to jump from topic to topic and and things that people actually care about and want to talk about there's so many issues facing us today and so we want to be able to cover all of them but we want to also hear from you. And the more, the better we, we're able to better plan, the more we hear from you. And we want to know what issues and topics are you wanting to have covered? Hell, you want to come on and we'll talk with you. So it's like, we, we want to be able to um, interact. Yeah, we want to interact with you and have our uh, content reflect our viewers. You know, we want our content to reflect our views because this is a, 
a podcast from the perspective of working, working class, class people. people. So we went, well, yeah, I like that. Um, so I definitely want to be able to have our podcast reflect that. So definitely leave us a review. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We are now on about every platform you can think of. So make sure to hit that like, subscribe, and review. Indeed. So take us out, Zach. Levitate in your perspective each episode at the time. Y'all have a great weekend.